When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Exactly like we all predicted, Joe. You know, we all saw this coming. 128-102, final score last night. 3-0 series lead for the Miami Heat. It went exactly according to plan. I'm not sure what's more surprising to me with the way this series has played out. How incredible the Heat have looked, which shouldn't be that surprising given what we've seen so far. Or how absolutely dreadful and pathetic the Celtics have looked, especially in Game 3. I think what happened in Game 2 was your beloved Miami Heat broke them with that comeback. Came back, won that game, broke Boston's back, hammered them in Game 3. And I think the worst thing that could have happened was Celtics head coach Joe Mazzulla coming out and saying it was his fault. That he didn't have the team ready to play in Game 3. He's absolutely right, but don't admit it. Because now everyone can confirm what they've been thinking. You're not the guy for the job. It is, in fact, your fault that we're not playing well enough. We were much better last year when someone else was making the decisions. And now I think he might have his team on the verge of an old 1-2-3 Cancun situation heading into game four. But let that diatribe die. And back to you, because you've got to be feeling great today. You've got to be smiling. It's got to be like a B-12 shot. With what you're mm-hmm. going through right now. Well, I, I need a B12 shot right now because there's no part of me that's feeling great because I'm like the sickest I've been. And, and I think years. You sound terrible. I've spent, yeah, thank you. I've spent the entire <laughs> day kidding. in bed. I spent yesterday all day in bed uh, sleeping right up until basically the game. And then I managed to stay awake for that beauty of a game. And I was wondering, it was touch and go. I'm like, oh gosh, how am I going to stay up for this thing? I need to be slamming NyQuil. Yeah. They made it easy on me, the Miami Heat. And I had texted the group chat of this show Excuse me. I'm losing my voice. I'm so emotional no, about thing. this. Do your thing. The, uh, yeah, right. Uh, I had texted the group chat for the show and I said, guys, I'm so sick. I need the heat to get up to a 30 point lead early in case I can't make it to the end of the game. And then a 30 point lead actually came to fruition, given it took them, I think, until what the third quarter late in the third to have a 30 point lead. I thought I was being facetious. That game was an absolute blowout. And you heard me on Friday with the rejoin that we just played. I felt good about it. I didn't know why I felt good about it. I shouldn't have felt good about it. You listed a whole bunch of stats of why none of us should have felt good about it on the heat side of the equation. And yet there was just something about it that made me feel like the heat had a really good chance and more than a chance. The Boston Celtics just laid down and rolled over and that part of it I was even surprised by the fact that you broke him in game two is what I think led to that 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 they didn't even get off the plane for game three that was pathetic Jimmy Butler with the timeout now Horford's face what are you gonna do about it Horford absolutely nothing Grant Williams what are you gonna do after talking absolutely nothing they didn't even bother to show up which shows you that something's broken there it's one thing to lose to be in an 0-3 hole that would surprise us given what the odds were, given what everyone thought coming into this series for the most part. But to go out there and fall down three games to none and to just get roasted like that in game three, this is the Eastern Conference Finals we're talking about here. 
This is not a play-in game where you don't want to get into the main playoff because you know you can't compete, so you want to get the hell out of there and go enjoy your offseason. This isn't the third week of the, the regular season. This is the Eastern Conference Finals, and you couldn't be bothered to show up for it as the defending Eastern Conference champion. Jalen Brown, since he was named second-team All-NBA and now is eligible for, what, a $295 million max extension, has mm-hmm. gone missing in action. Jason Tatum missing in action. This team's shooting 29% from deep in this series, and they're letting the heat walk all over them. That's what's surprising is just how thoroughly this butt kicking has been. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Make sure your family is well taken care of with life insurance. Protect your phones, laptops, and more with electronic device insurance and cover your furry friends with pet health insurance. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. It's the same team in this Boston Celtics team that won game seven in the Miami Heat's arena last season, right? In order to make it to an NBA finals. We'd seen the Celtics do it before and we'd seen the Celtics do it in this environment in Miami. It's not like this Celtics team should have been overwhelmed by the idea of having to win one in Miami. That should not have been overwhelming for them. This is a matchup that has happened in the postseason time and time and time again. These are two very familiar foes. And so I thought, hey, the Celtics realize that they're in essentially a must-win situation in Game 3 because nobody's ever climbed out of that 3-0 hole in NBA history. They're not going to be overwhelmed by the moment, just like the Heat weren't overwhelmed by the moment in TD Garden. And yet, it's like you said, they just didn't even get off the bus. It was very bizarre to watch. Great to watch. Beautiful to watch as a Heat fan. Bizarre to watch. And the the easy place to point your finger is Joe Missoula because, of course... The disparity now between the success last season in this exact situation, the Eastern Conference Finals, and this season. However, is it coaching that needs to tell Jason Tatum to show up in the fourth quarter occasionally? Like, your coach needs to tell you that when you're considered a top 10 player in the league and a superstar? Your coach needs to tell you that when I have had countless and endless arguments with board ops here behind the scenes about who is a better player, Jason Tatum or Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum. A lot of people have as a top three player in the league at times. You need to actually coach that guy into showing up in the fourth. You shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have to coach Jalen Brown into showing up at all or, you know, showing up with shooting. You got to get the Brown thing in the in the basket thingy. Like that's how this game works, Brown. I don't feel like you should have to tell your core that is so experienced They're young, but they're so experienced there in Boston how to play the game. And it feels like there's some sort of disconnect there between them not taking control and them not taking the onus on them, the superstars, and getting it done for Boston. What do you think the odds were right before the playoffs started? Right before the playoffs started that by the end of the postseason, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Milwaukee, and Boston would all be looking for a new head coach. Now, Boston, we don't know if Missoula is going to be out. But he could be out. And then as a result, Philly, Phoenix, Milwaukee, and Boston all need new head coaches. If I had given you those four versus the field in terms of how you'd bet the championship, I'm thinking you would have taken those four. Because I would have because Milwaukee was in it. You throw Phoenix in there as well. You feel pretty good about the situation. No. No, not by any stretch of the imagination. I think you're right. You don't need to tell those guys or coach those guys up to show up for game three of the Eastern Conference Finals. But I think the fact that they didn't show up speaks volumes as to whether or not your message is getting through in the locker room right now. Joe Missoula, the Celtics head coach, as Joe said earlier, in his postgame presser did put the responsibility on him. 
Joe, the, the biggest game of the season, a game you had to have, and you guys just looked completely lost after the first six minutes. What exactly happened out there? Uh, I just didn't have him ready to play. I just didn't have him ready to play. I should have, uh, whatever it was, whether it was a starting lineup, whether it was an adjustment, just I have to get them in a better place, ready to play, and that's on me. That's a regular season post. That's a regular season post game press conference. By the way, that's what happens when Boston on a Tuesday night is in Orlando. They're ten point favorites. They lose by fifteen. That's what you say. Then I didn't have them ready to play, and we all understand because it's a Wednesday night in Orlando during the regular season, and it gets mixed into the schedule. There's never a press conference where I didn't have them ready to play for Game Three of the Eastern Conference Finals. You got to be kidding me. I think he's just saying the coach speak things though. Like he's saying those things so the responsibility is on him the reality is there should be a lot of finger pointing at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as well because I still maintain and, and yes I do think don't get me wrong I do think Missoula is being out coached I mean he's Spo is running circles around Joe Missoula but also I don't know if Missoula needs Jason Tatum to be ready to play like what are you doing if you're Jason Tatum you've got to be ready to play no matter what your coach is saying in his pregame speech coming up next here I'm on Joe and Amber from the team in the East trying to avoid a sweep to a team in the West trying to do the exact same thing. We will get into the Western Conference Finals. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The Denver Nuggets are looking to eliminate the Los Angeles Lakers tonight in the Western Conference Finals. Game four coverage begins right here on ESPN Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We're going to get into that game in just moments. But first, Joe is going to do what he does best. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Okay, some accounting from last week. Three, two, and one over the weekend, plus 0.8 units, which means overall the show since January, 123 wins, 111 defeats, one tie, plus 15.86 units. 
First bet tonight is a player prop in the Laker Nugget Showdown. LeBron James over eight and a half assists. James is a chameleon. He will adapt his surroundings. In the last series, he was all over the glass cleaning up the boards against the Warriors. In this series, he's become more of a facilitator because D'Angelo Russell has gone missing in action. As a result, his assist numbers are through the roof. He's averaging 10.3 per game in the series, and he's gone over this total in all three previous games. I think you're going to see less of D'Angelo Russell tonight than we have seen throughout the series because he has become completely unplayable. More on that in a little bit. Pizza Money number one, James over eight and a half assists. You just got to get one. It's one game uh, series for us. They toyed with the Los Angeles Lakers. The Denver Nuggets have brought groove sticks to Southern California. Whether the Lakers win game four or not, they're probably losing this series in four or five games. So LeBron has been down a couple games before. He's never been in this situation and clawed his way out of it. Nobody has clawed their way out of a 3-0 deficit in NBA history. That's what he has to do tonight, though, Joe, or the Los Angeles Lakers season is over. You mentioned there that he's a chameleon. It feels like LeBron has been saving himself at times. And, I, you know, it's hard to determine if he's, like, really saving himself or is this also just sort of where we're at in LeBron's career. But he did finally hit three three-pointers in that last game. He was 0 for 10 from behind the three-point line in the first couple games. I wonder if that wakes something up in LeBron to sort of be more aggressive with his shot, be more aggressive from behind the arc, and, and play this Denver Nuggets team a little bit differently. This is an elimination night for LeBron James. And we know in elimination moments for LeBron James, he has been known to rise to the challenge in the past. We always start with LeBron James, as we should, because he's the A-side, as they would say in boxing or MMA parlance. And it's what moves the meter, so I understand. I, it, It's not really a series where he's been trying to take over from a scoring standpoint. And I understand the question and how people want to see him go out and score more because they've seen it before. But they're asking him to do everything throughout the course of the playoffs. Everything. He's been defending. He's been shooting. He's been assisting. He's been rebounding. He's been playing defense. He's been all over the place. Yeah, he's not the same guy from 10 years ago, but he's still been healthy. What he needs are some of the guys around him that make some plays. D'Angelo Russell has been terrible, absolutely terrible. Let me give you the context. He's shooting like 29% or something like that for this series. 29.6%. 29.6%. And he's already a terrible defender. So a lousy defender who can't score is on the court. He only got 20 minutes in game three. In those 20 minutes, the Lakers were outscored by 12 points. They lost the game by 11. And yet the 12 minutes with Russell on the floor, they were outscored by 12. So I think there's a change coming tonight to the lineup. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of D'Angelo Russell. You can't based on what he's given you so far. But more importantly, this Laker team, which was built on defense, is giving up 119 points per game against a Nuggets team who is shooting the absolute lights out. They got scores all over the floor. If it's not Jokic, it's Murray. If it's not Murray, it's Michael Porter Jr. These guys have been everywhere knocking down shots. So you'd think at some point the Lakers might catch a break and that Denver won't shoot as hot. It can be very difficult to close out teams in this spot. So it's not going to surprise me in the least if the Lakers win. But man, the Nuggets have looked good. I, start, I started with LeBron and the Lakers because it's LeBron and it's the of Lakers. Course. And also, this might be the last time that we're talking about LeBron and the Lakers this season because I wouldn't be surprised if their eh. season ends tonight. Yeah, we'd still However, be talking about them. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> you, you know we'd where you work. You're right. Uh, we will still find ways to talk about them. Don't you worry. But the other easy place to start is with Jokic. And yet, even that 
conversation probably isn't appropriate because there has been times as unbelievable as Jokic is. And now it seems frankly stupid that Joel Embiid won the MVP this season. Like Jokic has just been so out of control this postseason. I know it's a regular season award, but as wonderful as he has been, it's really Jamal Murray that has made the difference for this Denver Nuggets team. And people forget that he missed the entire 2021-2022 season. And people were sort of down on the Nuggets at the time. And, oh, Jokic doesn't have enough around him. It's like, yeah, well, Jokic didn't have enough around him because the guys around him weren't healthy. And Jamal Murray is his number two. Jamal Murray has been the unsung hero, scoring at least 31 points in all three of these games against the Lakers so far. He's been the best player on the court at times, but really, he's been the difference maker. And I think that he deserves all the credit. It's not just him. It's called well Pope as well. It's it's some of these other role players that are able to step up around the Nuggets and show us how deep that team is. It's finally a healthy team. It's a complete team. They were dominating the West all season long. I don't know why we weren't buying into it then, but we're certainly buying into it now. It's the recency bias effect. That's the thing. People are unwilling to believe something can happen if they haven't seen it before. Remember the one versus 16 seed situation in college basketball? March Madness, we'd never consider a 16 to beat a one because it's never happened. Oops, Virginia went down. And then just a few years later, we saw Purdue go down this past season. Now it's not so shocking. Now we can get behind it. When you haven't seen it happen, it's tough to predict it's going to happen. That's kind of just how the mind works. Same thing the other way around. If you see it happen every year, Kansas City plays really well in football. James, you're welcome. I got that into the show for you. Uh, LeBron James makes the playoffs every year, whatever it may be. Steph Curry knocking down threes. You're going to believe that something like that is going to continue to happen because it makes you comfortable. You've seen it a lot. With the Nuggets, all the signs were there that they were a team capable of making a run. Most importantly of which was the fact that everybody in the Western Conference was flawed. Phoenix didn't have a deep bench. The Lakers were in some trouble in terms of their supporting cast and how they had put their roster together. Golden State was aging and didn't really have a great second scoring option and couldn't win on the road. Every team had big question marks. And then there was Denver. Well, we just haven't seen them do it before. All right. Well, they're doing it now, and they look fantastic in the process. I think more importantly than anything else, they've come into the playoffs very hungry. Very hungry. They're not a team that's worn down by several years of chasing rings, kind of like the Golden State Warriors. They're not a team that's here because of a fluke. They are ready for the moment. The past experiences in the postseason have shaped them, and that's why you saw the killer instinct in Phoenix in Game 6 and why you might see it tonight in Game 4 on the road. Jokic is certainly hungry, I think, to prove yeah. that he can do it in a postseason. George Carl Hall, a famed basketball coach, former Denver Nuggets coach, was on NBA Countdown on ESPN Radio. Well, if Jokic wins three or four championships, I think you're going to have to start that conversation if he's one of the best centers ever to play this game. And um, I've said along, he's the most, he's the smartest and most skilled big guy I've ever seen play the game of basketball. And mostly that's because of his ability to pass the ball. There's no, there's never been a center in my mind. I know people want to bring up Divac and people want to bring up Walton. Some people bring up the old Sabonis. But I, I saw all those guys play. And Jokic sees the game like a guard, plays the game like a guard. And because of that, I think that's why the Nuggets are having so much success. 
You can hear more from George Carl on NBA Countdown leading into Game 4 of Nuggets-Lakers tonight right here on ESPN. Radio coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern. I don't think it's crazy to say, Joe, if he wins a ring, but he has to win a ring, I feel like, to actually be part of those conversations. Well, yeah, when you want to talk about the all-time greats, there's a reason Dan Marino's always left out of everyone's top three, top five. Marino was one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but he doesn't have the ring, so it's always easy for him to slip your mind. Same thing could happen with Jokic. Second you win a ring, it changes the conversation about everything. And he's certainly well on his way in order to do that. I mean, it's a shame that he's going to run into that buzzsaw of the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. <laughs> but at least right now, things are looking pretty good for Jokic as he's up 3-0 on the league. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern, a little less than 30 minutes from now for Nuggets-Lakers Game 4. Jokic trying to get the sweep over LeBron and the Lakers tonight. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio at Joe Fortenbaugh. That's how you find him at Amber W Sports. That is how you find me. In just a moment, we're going to sound on, sound off. But first, Joe's got some more advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, let's go back to that Nuggets-Lakers Game 4 matchup. Michael Porter Jr. of the Nuggets over 6.5 rebounds. A little pricey at minus 145, but worth the squeeze. The over on this prop is cashed in all three games this series. Let me say that again. It's cashed in all three games. We need to get to 7. He's averaging 9 rebounds per game. This all comes down to adjustments. When the Lakers moved Rui Hachimura onto Nikola Jokic, it brought Anthony Davis back down into a situation where he could kind of anchor in the paint. He had the free safety type role. He was free to help out on everybody else. Well, Mike Malone and Denver finally made their adjustment. It was basically move Michael Porter Jr. into the four spot and pull Aaron Gordon off the floor. And as a result, it sucked Anthony Davis away from the rim and it gave Porter an opportunity to rack up a lot of rebounds, something that he's very good at regardless of the situation. So pizza money number two, Michael Porter Jr. over six and a half rebounds. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. Remember when everyone thought the Lakers had it figured out when they put Hachimura on Jokic? Even yeah. though they lost that game, everybody was acting like the Lakers won that game. <laughs> oh, it feels like a long time ago now, doesn't it? They were so it feels like then. It feels like lifetimes ago. It's like, oh, you know what? We lost, but we figured it out. So moving forward, 
even Malone called it out. Malone's like, why is everyone talking about the Lakers in this adjustment? We still won the game. And then he went out and hammered him two more times. So good on him. So James Steele, he is our producer extraordinaire. He's going to step up and take over the mic because I'm playing sick tonight. I need a little time off here, James. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll take over here today. Uh, so this sound on, sound off. First one, Carmelo Anthony, who did not play in the NBA this season, officially announced his retirement today on Twitter. Uh, Anthony finished his career as the ninth leading scorer in NBA history. But what made Melo so special? Here's P.J. Carlissimo with Fitz and Harry earlier today. He's such a multi-talented player. He's one of the, I thought, most diverse scorers that was so hard to defend uh, because he could get at you so many ways. And, and when I think of him that way from Denver. Uh, when I first came into the league, it, he was the nightmare matchup. You needed like a really special, you needed like a tall, strong, athletic, quick. I mean, it was, you know, you needed to be like eight things to defend Carmelo. And if you didn't, he could just beat you at whatever, you know, facet you didn't bring to the table. Joe, Melo never got to the NBA Finals and only once got to the Conference Finals. Uh, he was in Denver and they got beat by the eventual champion Lakers in 2009. How does not getting a ring in the NBA affect Carmelo's legacy? I mean, dramatically. We can sit here and you can have guys who played with him, played against him, are friends with him, coached him. You can have them speak about him all day and they will give you glowing reviews. Fantastic basketball player. If you ever watch him in person, he was just so smooth and polished the way he worked his way up the floor, the way he moved around the floor, the way he dribbled, the way he set up his shot, the way he got his shots off. Fantastic basketball player. But again, in this business, when you talk about legacies and you talk about where players are ranked all time, a lot of that comes down to championships. At the highest level, how did you perform? Unfortunately for Anthony, he really didn't reach the highest level, not necessarily putting that on him, but he just wasn't there. And like I said earlier, there's a reason Dan Marino is rarely ranked in the top three or top five. If he had three rings, we'd make the case that Marino might be the greatest quarterback of all time. He was amazing what he did before any offense looked like that, throwing for 5,000 yards and everything else. But because he didn't win, he never gets on the list. So the same thing kind of happens to Melo. Excellent player, excellent career, but not enough to really get into any of those top-tier conversations. Second time on this show today, you've managed to bring up the very sore subject for Dolphins fans of Dan Marino. I love Marino. That's why I bring it up. It was great. But you're right. Listen, that's that's how it works, and that's how the narrative is is plays out with all of these sports. I don't know if it should. I, I understand why we do it for the LeBron Jameses and the Michael Jordans of the world. I mean, the reality is that Carmelo Anthony really is... Carmelo Anthony, regardless of the ring or not, I think for him, the bigger problem is really just the lack of postseason success overall. Because you mentioned there, James, just one conference finals as well. So it's not as if he like found himself in NBA finals and just couldn't win the ring. I feel like if that's the case, like you keep winning Western Conference finals and your Eastern Conference finals, you find yourself in an NBA final several times, you don't get the ring. It's kind of a stupid narrative that we judge it on whether the ring was actually won. With Carmelo, though, there was a lot of seasons where he had no postseason success. And I understand that that does catch up to you. Narrative wise, it all ends up mattering. I'm not sure an actual ring should matter nearly as much as we give it credit for. All right, NFL owners approved the ability for the league to flex the Thursday night schedule today. The resolution was passed with approval votes from 24 owners, the minimum required to enact a new rule. The resolution will allow the league to flip a Sunday afternoon game into Thursday night during weeks 13 through 17. 
But how will the players take this news? Here's Mina Kimes on Canty and Carlin earlier today. Players are not going to love this, and the NFL is going to have to be very careful about pulling that lever because, as, as you guys know, that short week is a hot-button topic when it comes to injuries. There's been different data showing the impact or lack thereof, but I doesn't tell you that players do not love it. And if you have contenders who are forced to play on short weeks a disproportionate amount of time, I think you'll get a lot of blowback. Amber, Thursday night flexing, good idea or bad idea? A good idea for a league that cares about TV dollars and streaming dollars and everything else is secondary to that, right? Because that's what this is for. It's helping the product overall. It's ensuring that you get better matchups on Thursday night. That's good for the fans sitting at home tuning in. Bad for the fan that's trying to go to the actual game because there's logistics there that are going to get confusing. And then, of course, bad for the players. I could understand their frustration. You don't know when you're working. You don't know if you're working and you don't know how to prepare for that work because of the lengthened or shortened week. So, yes, from a logistical perspective, there are people who are going to be upset by this. The league's obviously doing this, though, because what they care about most is the eyeballs on television sets. And those will increase based on better matchups on Thursday nights. Amazon paid $11 billion to cover Thursday night football for 11 seasons. They paid a billion dollars a year. And those games sucked last year. Mm -hmm. They were absolutely terrible. Now, they're terrible for a variety of reasons. There's a lot of bad play in there. There are a lot of bad teams in there. But the reason you get bad play on Thursday night is because of the short turnaround. This is not baseball. You can't play two games in one day, all right? You play on Sunday, your body, your mind, it needs time to recover. On top of that, you need time to watch film to break down what you did wrong, and then you need to watch film to study for what you're going to do. You need to practice, you need to work out, you need to get treatment, you need to implement, you need to travel. That can't be done effectively on a consistent basis in just four days' time. Now, unfortunately for the players, they're going to have to get used to it. Because they're going to want their contracts to continue to go up. And they're going to want more and more guaranteed money. Well, enter Amazon, who's willing to pay $11 billion for 11 seasons. That's how the money goes up. But there's some sacrifice. There's give and take. So ultimately, I don't think it's good for the product. Because I think you could put two great teams together. But you're still going to get some lousy football because of the turnaround. Especially doing this late in the season. And for the fans who book travel and then find out on, what is it, 28 days notice that you might have wanted to come here to Las Vegas for a Sunday game, but now that game's going to be on a Thursday and you have to adjust your plans, good luck. You can't be in Vegas five days. Everyone knows that. Three days maximum Three days in max. Las Vegas. Three days Everyone max. knows that. You are right. Brooks Kepka won the PGA, cha- won the PGA Championship yesterday, becoming the first live golfer to win a major title. But he wasn't even close to being the best story of the weekend. That honor went to Michael Block, a club pro from Southern California who finished 15th, securing an automatic bid to the 2024 PGA Championship, winning nearly $300,000 in prize money, and he even slam dunked a hole-in-one on the 15th hole yesterday. Here's Block on his magical week- weekend. I didn't cry when I had my kids. I cry for some reason. If you love golf, you know. I mean, I cry about golf. <laughs> I've cried only a couple times in my life when I won the national championship in 2014 in Myrtle Beach at the Dunes Club, I cried. And then after that, my wife hasn't seen me cry until this week. And so if, if it makes any sense that the one thing in the world that makes me cry is golf. So if that puts into context as far as how much I love the game, it's, it's everything to me. Golf's my life. I live it, breathe it. And I made sure of one thing in my life that I was going to drive to a golf course every day 
whether it was a caddy or an outside service kid or an assistant pro or a head pro or general manager, I was going to be at a golf course. And I came to a golf course today at Oak Hill and played in the PJ Championship. Joe, how great of a story is this? It's great for everyone but his kids because once they hear that, that's not going to be all that thrilling. So, wait, you cry for golf, but you won't cry for us, huh? Those I guarantee mom cried. Mom. Yeah, no, uh, the mom cried for sure. <laughs> mom definitely cried. Oh, and this is, yeah, and you know what, Block? This is a reason why Mother's Day is treated in a much different realm than Father's Day is. Yeah. Father's Day, we might be allowed to watch some golf. Mother's Day, we go all out, as we should, because of commentary like this. I kid, this is a fantastic story. This is what makes an event like this great. A guy coming from out of nowhere. He's not flying there on a private jet like Jordan Spieth. Nothing against Jordan Spieth. Love Jordan Spieth, but just using him as an example. Not coming in with $10, $15 million just this year alone in sponsorship money. He's a guy coming in there who earned his way in, and then he made the most of the opportunity. And perhaps what's coolest about this, he qualified for next year's PGA Championship, so he gets to play in it again. And got invited to next week's, what is it? No, I don't have it in front of me. Is it the so Charles that's... Schwab next week? Yes, there you go. Jar- Charles, Charles Schwab. Speaking of guys who probably yeah, think about you. golf too much. Thank you. Uh, I am not playing on top of my game today. Sick, but yes. So uh, an incredible story, an unbelievable story. Golf has probably made a lot of people cry. Not always happy tears, though. It's nice that he was crying happy tears because of golf. Just such a relatable story. He won, what, $300,000, I think, from this, and $300,000 is just such an awesome, like we're just, it's like Joe just said, we're so used to these guys that are making so much money and millions that they have the fancy lives and they're the big names that we're used to. Seeing a story like this, even though this guy is so much better than any of the rest of us at golf ever will be, and he did spend his entire life in golf, there still is something that feels relatable about it. There's something that feels every man like, oh, if he can do it, I can do it. Even though really, technically, probably, probably not so true. No. Coming up next year on Joe and Amber, we'll look ahead to game four tonight as the Lakers try to stay alive and force a game five. That is next. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. So the Lakers are going to try to avoid the sweep tonight and avoid the end of their season tonight. Nuggets, Lakers, coverage begins right here on ESPN Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We're going to get a little bit more into that game, but before we do, Joe has some final advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Last two pizza monies of the night. These are player props in the Nuggets-Lakers showdown. Number one, Austin Reeves over 26.5 par. That's points plus assists plus rebounds par. Reeves has gone over this in all three games this series, recording 33 par, 30 par, and 35 par. We don't even need 30. We just need 27. Guys playing a minimum of 36 minutes per game this series. He's taking just over 13 shots per game this series. Austin Reeves over 26.5 par. Final pizza money of the night, D'Angelo Russell under 17.5 par. He's virtually unplayable at this point. He's shooting 29% from the series. He can't play defense. You can't have him on the floor. He only played 20 minutes in game three, and the Lakers were outscored by 12 points during those 20 minutes. They lost the game by 11. Think about that. He's averaging 13 par per game this series, but I see that number dipping tonight with limited time. So your final two pizza monies of the night, Austin Reeves over 26.5 par, D'Angelo Russell under 17.5 par.
Murray walks the dribble above the left side break. Turns, shoots for three. 26 for Jamal Murray. 119 to 108. It's a final now at Crypto.com Arena. The Jamal Murray first half, 30 points, played unbelievable basketball. I feel a little bad that I once said, and by once I mean just like a couple days ago when I was on with Canty and Carlin, that Austin Reeves has a bit of a punchable face. I feel a little bit bad about it. He's been very good for the Lakers in these playoffs. His confidence is very clearly sky high. His usage rate continues to increase. He's made at least three three three-pointers in six consecutive games. He's averaging 39 minutes per game in this series alone. Part of the problem with D'Angelo Russell is D'Angelo Russell, when he's been out there, he's taking over and taking away some of those shots, notably from Austin Reeves. So you're losing some Reeves production with the lack of D'Angelo Russell production, which is a problem that I imagine, and, and you just heard it there in Pizza Money, that the Lakers are going to look to remedy tonight. Yeah, tonight the Lakers need to throw the kitchen sink at the Nuggets. This isn't a time to trust your process or to think, you know what, if just a few more buckets fall, we're going to be all right. Tonight's the night you got to change it up. Tonight's the night you got to fight back. Tonight's the night you got to avoid the sweep at the very least. Getting swept out of the playoffs on your home floor in the Western Conference Finals, come on, nobody wants to go through that. And if you're Denver, there's probably a little piece of you, just a little piece that's complacent tonight. You're up 3-0 in the series. You just need to win one of the next four games. Two of those four games presumably would be at home where you are 8-0 this postseason, winning by an average of 12 points per game. They have been dominant in their home building. So now the thought process could be, well, if we don't get it done tonight, maybe we come home and we'll close them out in game five. After all, that's what we did to the Timberwolves. Went up 3-0, lost game four, came home, smacked them around and finished it off. These closeout games can be challenging for exactly that reason. A little bit of complacency seeps in. And if you're the Lakers, you got to be hungry. I'd be looking to bet the Lakers in the first half tonight as well, minus two. Uh, we're, we're, this is not part of pizza money, but just a little bonus Joe and Amber action for you. Just a little a bonus, a little sampler. If you're the Lakers, you can't bear, care about contracts tonight. You can't care about any of that. D'Angelo Russell, who's been shooting 29.6% from the field, 14.3% from behind the arc. Just don't play him. Like, what is the purpose of playing him at this point? Who you have to rely on is Anthony Davis. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Davis still leads the 2023 NBA playoffs with over 14 boards and over three block shots per game. Defensively, he's the best player on the court at any given time. And they're going to need him to try to try to temper the Nuggets. And by tempering the Nuggets, I don't mean shutting down Jokic because it's well proven at this point that ain't happening. doesn't matter if it's Huchimura or if it's AD or whoever you're putting on Jokic. Like that ain't happening, Joe. But you should if you're the Lakers and the Lakers coming into this series were the best defensive team in these playoffs all the way through the second half of the season and in the postseason. So if you're the Lakers and defense is your bread and butter, you should be able to be more effective on the Jamal Murrays of the world than they've been. You would think, but Denver is showing that that defense may have been a touch overrated. They're giving up 119 points per game on the series. Now, the counterpoint to that would be maybe the Nuggets are just that nasty. Lakers do have a good defense. It just turns out Denver's offense is that potent. That's legitimate as well because they've got scores all over the floor. That's the problem you're seeing with the teams that aren't advancing. Look at Boston right now. Tatum and Brown have gone missing in action. 
Look at the Lakers right now. Who's the primary scoring option? You might get a nice night from Anthony Davis, but LeBron might not drop 30 with it. Austin Reeves steps in, but in a series like this, you pretty much need three scores. Go back to Philadelphia. If Embiid couldn't get it done, it was Harden who was struggling, and vice versa. You can work your way through all the teams that couldn't figure it out. It was one of two things. Either they had two scoring options like Phoenix, Booker and Durant, but then nothing else, or they had one primary scoring option and no one else could step up to keep it close while the bench played well. Denver's got scores all over the place. They have been fascinating to watch, and to be honest, they're a lot of fun to watch too. Their, their, their three series so far have just been outstanding to watch them play basketball. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, it is beautiful watching them play basketball. It yes. is. They're, they're a really fun team to watch. And it, it makes me curious why it seems like people have been sleeping on this Denver Nuggets team all season long. And then there's all the chatter. Oh, a Nuggets Heat finals would be so boring. I mean, from a basketball perspective, I think they're maybe not the Heat series against the Knicks, but the Heat series here against the Celtics anyways. Like these two teams would be, I think, very fun to watch, frankly, in a final setting. But certainly the Denver Nuggets, they should get that nod. They are a very, very fun team to watch play basketball. The Lakers ran into a buzzsaw there with Murray's hot shooting in game three. We'll see if they can avoid that tonight. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.